So hello everybody, it's me, Enterprise Ian, and it's this time of the week when I give you some energy, but frankly, like the rest of the population, I'm not sure if I can be arsed today. So what I'm wanting is everybody else to give me a bit of energy for the... Enterprise, 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 it's the Enterprise Ian Show! And this time we have a really wonderful guest. We always have wonderful guests. But she's not here yet. Because, as you will soon find out, Louise Olivarius of Nomad Catering, Shawarma Rama, who knows how many names this organisation has got, but they make fab food, is out and about doing her deliveries. So it's a bit of a nail-biting moment to see if she will actually get here. But we will fill the space by getting the update on Kevin Kelway's root canal treatment, which so entranced the nation last time. Kevin, how are we? Oh, you're so... Are we feeling better? No, you're so wicked. You really are. Uh, no, I, I had my root canal treatment. Didn't work. Had an, a, an appointment yesterday, and now I've got to have a tooth extraction. And now I've got to wait now until the 10th of March with this pain till I have the consultation, and then hopefully after that I'll have my tooth done. So it's one big soap opera, big drama. Expensive soap opera? Yeah, very expensive. It's so bad that I may have to walk the streets at night. Well, I thought you did anyway. <laughs> oh, Plymouth Hall! <laughs> which was yes. banned by Facebook for being offensive. Are you the veritable whore in the I Plymouth? am. <laughs> <laughs> you, you well, support. right. You... Oh, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it. I hear a noise. Yup, 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 yup. I think Louise, you, Louise has made it into the studio. Louise, how are you? Oh, God. Oh, I'm so glad I've made it. I'm so Look, glad I've made it. The traffic was murder. Let me give you your breath and I will just tell you the wonderful story about the time I said to Mrs Enterprise Ian as we were hearing off. I was late for a train. I think it might have been down to Plymouth, actually. And um, pulled in just outside Central Station and I said to Claire, just park there, just park there. And she went, what? On the double yellow line behind the police car. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. You know, I thought, I'd just stop nitpicking. Oh, actually, actually, it got worse because I then ran in, got on the train, which was a few minutes before it go. And then I saw Claire hearing up the station and I'd taken the car keys, the, the spare set, so she, or the house keys, and she wasn't able to get in. Well, anyway, however, back to our today's guest. And we've got a foodie theme going on. So we'll kick off... Let's just tell people who you are and what do you do? So, we are traditionally an outside catering company. We trade to the events, corporate and wedding industries. So we currently are delivering tasty platters all round Glasgow, Loch Lomond, Stirlingshire. From the very first week, it was a massive success. Um, it's been... Tantalise the taste buds. What, what, what are you offering people? So we have uh, three main brands that we're promoting at the moment. Shawarma Rama was our street food brand that used to go to music festivals and events and things like that. But right now we are creating platters of Middle Eastern tasty food with flatbreads, rice dishes, falafels, braised meats, lots of lovely sauces, um, chilies. That's, that's one of our brands. Then there's Nom Nam. Asian street food, which is an Asian fusion brand, and that is curries, dumplings, noodles, um, pancakes, um, 
you know, a whole host of, of Asian food. Matthew? Uh, do you do pasties? <laughs> no! Why would anybody want to do pasties? Everyone likes pasties. I mean, a pasties that, look, well, actually, street food pasty. Actually, a past, let's come back so you're... Bloody Cornish, they get in everywhere. I mean, the only thing they've got, the culinary world, is basically heart attack, pasties and clotted cream. And even then, over the border, they claim that's from Devon. So (laughs) let's just face it. So back, you were saying, Louise, before you were so rudely interrupted. Um, And your other brand is? So our other brand is an Indian platter brand called Dabawala where we have dishes that include curries, um, you know, slaws, um, other kind of Indian street food, uh, you know, to create this big tasty platter. And like you say, Ian, every week the platter changes. It's one of those menus on rotation. And it keeps the customers coming back because we're giving them something different every single week. How did the business start? I mean, what did it start out as? Uh, the, the very beginning, um, I had uh, trained in hospitality and had met my partner, Chris, who was a chef, and we um, embarked on uh, a business of our own by taking over or subletting the lease at Firebird, which is a really busy West End restaurant in Glasgow, already had a great reputation. So I was front of house and Chris was uh, in the kitchen, and we ran that for seven years as a sublet. Um, the owner had moved overseas. So that's that's how the business essentially began. And we started to build a reputation for um, being in business as a team together and doing our own thing. Um, we then were asked by a number of friends and people who'd, who were organising events to do catering. Um, so we were doing weddings and other catering things on the side. And that part of our business really began to blossom as well. So the two ran side by side. One minute, you've got a lovely wee home. And it's a great location for anybody that knows it. It's not far from Glasgow's Kelvin Grove Art Gallery. Beautiful bit in the corner, light open, lovely space. You know, all your regulars coming in. All people getting to know you. And then you're nomads. Yeah. What what happened? So... You know, Were you booted out? No. Or we, did you just decide? Yeah. Or was it a bit, bit of both? Yeah. Or? I guess it was a bit of both. We we kind of decided we'd, we'd really done everything that we could in Firebird without it becoming completely our own. And we, did, we just wanted to be masters of our own destiny. With the growth of the other side of our business, um, it was a decision that we didn't make lightly. But we were approached... Um, by uh, Punch Taverns to see if we would like to take on another Glasgow institution, McFabs, which is a pub in the West End, been around for 20 plus years. And we thought, you know what, we're gonna give it a go. So we decided we would do that. But in doing so, the owner of Firebird said he didn't think we could concentrate on both projects and we decided to go our separate ways. The other day I was at this really good chat about selling online and there were great stories. And then a guy came on uh, from one of the business support organisations and he started talking about doing a business plan. Hey, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough plans to get a bank loan. Plans? Where we're going, we don't need plans. And I could feel my stomach you know, it really spoiled my smoked salmon and scrambled eggs, I'll have you know, albeit at 11 o'clock in the morning. 
when he was doing this, I kind of lost the will to live. Now, you do need to do a bit of planning, but did you guys, did you start by planning or did you start with a conversation? Absolutely. It began with a conversation and that conversation led to another conversation and another and another. And before we knew it, we had multiple businesses trying new things every day. And I think for us, our key kind of strategy was give it a go. And if it works, do more of it. If it doesn't work, stop it there. And that, that's worked for us so far. But there's been no clear plan for us. We've just naturally or, or organically found our niche and, uh, and where we fit. Kev, you got any, what's your thoughts? Should she have done a business plan? No, because, I, well, I, I, with Louise, when I set up my business, I didn't sit down and say, oh, I must put a business plan together. And, oh, I must uh, look at my finances. I, one thing I always, I didn't want to go into debt. Um, and I definitely, you know, for mine was organic as well. You know, and, and, and somebody said that I was organized chaos in the beginning. And, yeah, and it was. But, I, but it was my organized chaos. I knew exactly what I was doing. Matthew? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about, did you write a business plan? We know a little song about that. Did you write a business plan? Did you write a business plan? Did you write a business plan? Business, business plan. Well, what can I say? <laughs> did, 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 did Matthew, did you write a business, did um, you write a business plan, Matthew? Did you write one? I was told to write one. I started writing one. And then I started doodling and drawing stupid little pictures and nothing happened. I Fiona? did write one. Did, oh, but of course you did, Miss Goody Two-Shoes, because no. you like spreadsheets. I only did it because I went to the Business Gateway in Renfrewshire, where I was at that time, and um, I wanted some help. Uh, they were giving out... I think it was either, I think it was money to help with the marketing, £500. I had to write a marketing plan to get the money. But I wrote the marketing plan. It was uh-huh. awful. It was like doing some really horrible schoolwork that you didn't want to do. And to be honest, I did it. I've never looked at it since. In fact, I found it in the basement. I didn't even bother reading it. I should do, shouldn't it? <laughs> oh, I hated doing it. I was taken with what Kevin said about organic because... There's a kind of language here, which is that if you don't plan everything, you're bad. That's not just going straight in full-hearted, you know, just full-heartedly going in for something. And being organic, because, Kevin, you said you didn't want to go into debt. Louise, what, what was it like for you and your husband? Do you fight all the time over the business or do you agree? Or are you the boss and he does as he's told? <laughs> We fight every single day, and uh, these are these are good fights. They're business fights. They're fights that stay stay you know out with you know when we're back in the kitchen having the dinner. But yeah, I mean we argue about it every day. We we didn't write our plan. One of the things I was going to ask you before we we plug your your new venture is I th- think anybody in the hospitality industry should be held up as a model mm-hmm. to everybody else for just changing i mean the business world is pivot and it really makes you puke the minute somebody goes have you pivoted your business and you're going well i don't think you know much about pivoting sitting there in a full salary pension and holidays but pivoting or switching is really mentally tough but the hospitality industry if i'm speaking to Giovanna eusebi at eusebi's deli in glasgow and she said i've started four businesses since this started the yeah. downstairs restaurants now the fulfillment house for amazon we're doing mail order we're advertising 
everything's changed. You know, you cannot but admire everybody in the hospitality industry because you guys just go, right, that's it, there's no orders coming in, we've got to find something else yeah. and move. What tips have you got for other people? You know, you just have to think on the spot and go, right, well, if people can't get out and do maybe as much sports as they wanted to, then they need to eat better. And we, they know we can produce super tasty food. We looked at what the national kind of, you know, calorie control meal providers were, were supplying and thought we can do this much better on a, on a smaller scale. So it's going to be better, whatever we provide. This is your new range, which is called, what's it? It's Fresh 500. It Fresh 500. So all meals under 500 calories. Can I attest? They are absolutely delicious. <laughs> I am now working my way to beginning to lose. I think, you know, I don't know. I think my trend's looking a little bit better, mm-hmm. possibly. But what happened that came up with the idea? I think for us, we were probably looking at our own bellies <laughs> and speaking to our customers. And one customer specifically um, had mentioned that perhaps we should try something like this. Uh, earlier on last year we weren't ready to do it at that point but it had been in the back of my mind I see other people doing it I've seen what they're doing I know we could do better so why don't we give it a go if you fancy ditching the employee habit and being your own boss then head over to www.kicktheemployeehabit.com for Enterprise Ian's fabulous new book This session's called Pizza, Wine and Enterprise Therapy. So I should really ask you, first of all, thick crust or thin crust pizza? Thin. Must be thin. Topping? Well, I like a chorizo. I like, uh, yeah, I I like blue cheese. And I like a bit of rosemary. Uh, Wine or beer or soft drink or gin? Let's go wine. Absolutely. Red or white? White. Oh, white. White. I also very much like the bubbles. Oh, ah, well, they're very good for you. (laughs) They're very good for you. And the therapy, how do you relax? At the end of the week, um, we would normally relax exactly like that with some wine. Um, You know, we have a lot of downtime right now compared to what we did have when we worked in hospitality. We were working late nights, 50 to 60 hours a week. You know, although we were together in a business, you didn't have a lot of downtime. So I'm enjoying that part of being at home every evening, being able to, you know, watch a box set. Uh, What's your favourite white wine? So a really lovely, crisp Sauvignon Blanc. I think Uh, New Zealand, probably. So fresh, just so delicious, so cool. It's wine o'clock, it's wine o'clock, it's wine o'clock, it's wine o'clock. Wine o'clock, it's wine o'clock. Let's have a little wine. Oh, yeah, go on. I was just chatting away to somebody else and she was talking about family business. And she was doing the figures. And she said, I have finally got it into my husband's thick skull that he doesn't have to work so hard. And she's been looking at the figures and the way the business has been performing and said, we could actually make more money by doing less. We can be as profitable without the hamster wheeling. It, when, when I've been doing the the um, stuff for people growing their businesses, one of the questions I've said is, what gives you the most amount of money for the least amount of work? And it, it comes as quite a shock. Do you regret things? I don't. I don't know if anybody else does, mm. but do you regret any decisions you've made? I don't regret the decisions we've made. We, 
you know, everything that we have tried, we've tried for a reason, there's been good, good reason behind it. Um, I think maybe we can or have been in the past slightly too reactive. Um, you know, maybe we panic too quickly and we try to resolve a situation or make a change. Um, and so we've learned a lot about holding on and, and waiting. When did you reach the point when you identified that you were reacting? It was probably more Chris saying, um, you know, my partner Chris saying, you know, this is not working after maybe two weeks of trying a different menu change or something like that. And, you know, sometimes you just have to let something bed in and, you know, give it an opportunity before you change it all again. I think sometimes it's, you know, you you can't undo it after you've done that. So we we did have our fingers burnt a couple of times uh, and now we just try to be as proactive as we can. It takes a certain amount of confidence, doesn't it, to stand back and let things pan out a wee bit. Did you find that quite difficult, not being reactive? Yes, I think back maybe three, four years ago, that was our problem. We were we were too nervous, we were too inexperienced to stand back and, and wait and see if things would, uh, you know, recover. But um, now we are at a stage where we're really confident. We, we, we know we can go, right, we're going to give this a go and it has to be given some time to, to let it bed in, to let it, you know, actually um, an opportunity to grow. Somebody was talking about this and they said, it was actually an academic and they were talking about behaviours. And when you start out, it's all head decisions mm. when actually a lot of it should be gut. And then you do the gut decisions until you make really stupid ones and the head kicks in again. And then he said the perfect thing is the head and the gut working together. Where do you think you're at just now in your decisions? I think that's where we are now. I think we are head and heart in in, in a relatively strong position because we've got the experience behind us or the team around us to say, no, no, give it a go. You know, sometimes you need to rely on other people um, you know, if you're unsure, um, you know, whether that's family or our good customers, because I, I like to talk to my customers as much as possible. That's, you know, all of the the, the sales kind of method comes from me. Um, you know, I'm very hands on with that. And I, I don't think that we could make the decisions we do make if we didn't have that relationship with, you know, our consumers. Matthew? Uh, you know, Louise, you talk about holding on and waiting. Um well, I just have to say, Ian, someone's been holding on and waiting at the door. I think you had a pizza man. He's been ringing that doorbell. Oh! <laughs> did you have a pizza order? You better go and get it then. Yeah, I did. you want me to go I and did. get it for you? That pizza man's been down there all that time. Well, it's no use to me now. You may as well put it in the bin. I mean, who wants a soggy cold pizza? Forget it. Oh, I'm not having a pizza today. So, no, too late. Goes in the bin. Um, I was going to ask you, Louise... One of the things we all talked about, I mean, Kevin and Matthew, if you want to, about not planning or this formal things, it kind of gives you an illusion of everybody being up in the air. But I bet you spend time going over the figures and looking at the results and the stats, do you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love a spreadsheet. And we are, we're very on. <laughs> oh, Fiona's <laughs> just become so happy. <laughs> <laughs> What do you get out of a spreadsheet? Well, 
while, I, I can look back to this time last month or this time last year now, and I can see, you know, what my breakdown is between, um, you know, what weeks were the busiest, what areas were the busiest. I mean, not all of the, those statistics will ever repeat, and we understand that, but it helps us to, you know, especially in an industry where you're producing food that's perishable, you know, it helps us to make calculated decisions about how many things we think will sell so that we, when we prep them, which is obviously earlier than the order line stops, you know, we we have made an educated decision about it. There's We have to reduce waste, but we have to not disappoint the customers who want to order. So the statistics and, and um, you know, all the spreadsheets for me are incredibly helpful for that. Matthew's itching, itching to get a itching. question. At this point, I really need to ask a question for both uh, Fiona and Louise here. What is your favourite graphical representation of data off a spreadsheet? <laughs> oh, my God, that's oh. a bit erudite. Well, I, like Fiona? I, love, I love a pie chart. Oh, you like a pie chart? Oh, Sorry, hold on. I like a bar graph. You, Louise, you like a pie chart. How appropriate <laughs> for a foodie. Fiona? Mine's a bar graph. Yeah, just the, the lines. i tell you something that I found really interesting. There was a post out yesterday, and it's somebody who does... Uh, she does drawings of meetings of how the things have gone. And she was working with dietitians helping people lose weight. And you know the big thing about the food diary where you write lies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Saying eight o'clock, glass of water, ten past eight, I had porridge, two poached eggs and a bit of wholemeal toast. Uh, and then no mention of the carry-out curry. And what she did was, and it was brilliant, she didn't do a food diary, she did a food picture. And it was kind of like a little, you know, ziggy-zaggy journey. And it started with breakfast, and then there was a lunch, and then there was an evening meal, and people drew in what they got. (laughs) And it was amazing, because suddenly you went, oh... Cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit at 11 o'clock. Cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit at 4 o'clock. And a hot chocolate at night. Ah, okay, maybe that's where the the extra calories are coming from. And it's funny that you've said you like a pie chart because you can see it. Mm -hmm. Fiona, you like a bar graph. Yes, because you're usually, yeah, because you're usually comparing for me maybe year on year figures. And I quite like to be able to Mm -hmm. see them side by side. What could we guys, Kevin, Matthew, me, learn from you guys about the glories of a spread? Well, is it a spreadsheet or a pie chart or a... Should we be doing it? It's as um, Louise said, it's either information, past information on what you've um, done, what you've achieved, what your usage or depending on the business you're in, which allows you to plan, mm-hmm. I think, a lot better for the future. Information for me is king. Quite often you remember things in a different way. When you look back at what you actually did that week when you thought you didn't do very much, you know, you can be constantly surprised. Uh, Yeah, I do do plan things. Of course I do, because when you're planning a a call to arms campaign or you're planning a, you know, planning with a client, of course you're planning. You're planning, you know, this week it's going to be, you're going to be doing this or you're going to be doing that. The thing for me, when, when you talk about charts and spreadsheets, for me, it's talking about money and sort of, going into an area that I'd rather say, oh, no, get, get somebody else to do that for me. Um, it's not that I'm lazy. It's just that I want to concentrate on the things that I enjoy doing, which is the reason why I wanted to set up my business in the first place. You know, this is getting a bit heavy, a bit like the pizza that arrived <laughs> 20 minutes ago. Cold because Matthew, Matthew never told me it had actually arrived. So let's lighten it. 
<laughs> Let's lighten the mood and we've got three final questions for you. The big three. First, f- 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 first question. <laughs> are you having fun, Louise? Yes, I am having fun. <laughs> the second question. Two, are you making money? Yes, we are. We are making money. And thirdly, three. are you living a better life? Yes, we are. At- Thirdly, thank you, Matthew. And we'll do that one again, Louise, owing to the fact that the sound engineer Three. messed it up. Three. He's been drinking. <laughs> yeah. Are you living a better life? Yes. We are living a higher quality, balanced life than we have had in the last 15 years. That happy note. Has anybody else got anything to say? Before we wait, oh God, no, Matthew, I've, you I have, have learned. I've, in one I of have, these moods, that would be I've that nasty. I've learned a lot from Louise, but I reckon <laughs> Louise can learn something from me. I think you should put pasties on your menu oh. and put curry, <laughs> curry, curry oh, pasties, something like that. Yeah, and can I ju- can I just well, say to, we're talking about worsely sort of things as well from our neck of the woods. I'm very much a gin person as well. I love gin. It's got to be Plymouth gin. Mm. Any old port, that's what I say. Well, no, it's any old hoe in your case. <laughs> the Plymouth hoe. And now, a public apology. We apologise to anyone living in or near the vicinity of Plymouth hoe in England. <laughs> now we don't have... You know this anything, more than anything else, the biggest thing about being your own boss is hard work. Absolutely. So we'll give you the last word. Sell us the beauty of being your own boss. Obviously, it means I have my higher quality, you know, balanced life than we have had in years and years. Nobody's your boss. No one's telling you what to do. And it just is, you know, you you are the master of your own destiny. And on that happy note, thanks very much, folks. And there you go for another amazing show. Talking about being your own boss, business without the blood. And what's the message? Hard work pays off. There you go, folks. Yay! You've been listening to The Enterprise Ian Show. Join the club at www.enterpriseian.scot.